Hello and welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, Zara McDonald, and hello, producer Annabelle Lee. Hi. Hi, guys. Coming up on today's show, remember the wedding of the century that we spoke about last week? Yes, well, it turns out the groom could be looking at decades behind bars. Plus, publicist Trey Payne has taken a big old whack at professional celebrity gossiper Demois. Billie Eilish has called out Variety for outing her. And friend of the show... <laughs> Dave Galafassi <laughs> Dave. is back. Then we're doing Slow News Week because it has in some ways been a bit of a slow news week. Uh-huh. But first, Michelle, how was your week? It was a pretty good week. I was reminded this week, though, that I have quite an intense phobia of Dr. Seuss and the Grinch. I know I've joked about this yeah. in the podcast before. And honestly, sometimes I've wondered if I'm just doing a bit. Like, am I actually scared of that still? Yeah, like <laughs> am I leaning just into sort it? of a, an old joke that <laughs> yeah. I've never really interrogated properly. Am I just a quirky gal? Yeah. Doing it for content. Turns out, no, because this week, on the weekend, Mitch and I were watching TikToks on his phone and he scrolled onto one of those videos. I don't know if you guys have seen them. I I really don't like this trend. Mitch thought it was hilarious. Where little kids get pranked by the parents. They have Santa come down. I've seen this and then the Grinch Grinch throws the Christmas tree everywhere. The the funny thing is, is I'm even getting like a bit anxious even talking about it now. I didn't realise that was the kind of video that we were watching, right? Like, we were just reacting in real time. I say, Santa, come down the stairs. I'm full of jolly. You're like, like yeah, la, yeah. la, la, la. <laughs> it's a I happy see, time of year. <laughs> then I see the Grinch come down and, guys, I burst into tears. <laughs> like, I burst into tears. And then for the next half hour, sporadically, we just burst into tears again. Oh, my remembering God. Remembering the Grinch. And now I'm wondering... Did this happen to me as a child? What happened? Maybe you were just quite scared of the Grinch film. It's it's quite a scary film. I don't know because mum recalls that one day as a child, like I was fine with Dr. Seuss, fine with the Grinch, and then all of a sudden just had this full-blown phobia that has lasted until I'm 29 years old. And the thing is, it's festive season. I can't avoid the Grinch. I was listening to a podcast oh. this morning on my drive-in. They drop in mentions of the Grinch. I don't think the Grinch is as many places as <laughs> it is. You don't have a phobia, yeah. so maybe I am just like, I am very porous to any mention of the Grinch right now. I was crying for a lot of Saturday. It's clear I'm not doing a bit. I just have a really niche phobia. There we go. Do you have a recommendation? I do. A niche wreck from me actually this week. My mum sent me an article and went, you'll love this. And she was bang on. It was published in the ABC on Sunday. It's a piece that's titled, Agatha Christie was the most famous detective novelist in the world. Then she found herself at the centre of a mystery Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No, but what a good headline. This kind of rings a faint bell. Okay. Well, the faint bells. Christmas, the Grinch. (laughs) How do we feel? (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) So Agatha Christie discovered that her husband was having an affair with a woman way, way younger than him. And then Agatha Christie disappeared for 11 days. And even today, it's not quite clear where she was or what was going on for those 11 days. Detectives found her car crashed and thought that maybe she had either met foul play or maybe she had harmed herself and then eventually found her at a day spa and she believed she was a different person. And this piece is all about what happened to Agatha Christie in those 11 days. Her interview with the Daily Mail in 1926 explaining what happened to herself. This is like the OG celebrity scandal. Well, I was going to say, this is like the 
definition of a stranger yeah. than fiction. Yeah. We need Eilish Gilligan on this case. Absolutely. I think this is the perfect story for Stranger Than Fiction. I loved this piece. I loved the reporting. We'll link it in the show notes, of course. Thanks to Vicky Andrews for recommending it to me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, get it, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> get it, get girl. it, up. What about you? How was your week? Good. I had a pretty good week. Not that much to report, though I wasn't in Uber yesterday. And the funniest thing happened. Mm. I was coming home from a shoot. We were shooting something together and I was in the Uber by myself. And as we pulled up to a red light, our first red light of the journey, my driver threw his chair back, like basically horizontal to have a lie down, whipped out a pillow (laughs) from the chair next to him and just lay down for the red light. And I was like, oh, okay, is this what we're doing? And it happened for most of the red light. So I was like, you know what? He's a pretty good driver. What do you mean you know what? He's a a nice guy. I'm just going to set it free. I'm not going to ask any questions. He was always catching the green lights when they turned. Because I was in the early red lights thinking, are his eyes flattering a little bit? Like, is he resting his eyes? And I I think he might have been occasionally. (laughs) But he always got back up for the green light. And so I thought, I'm just... I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to say anything. You may have something that is cool girl going energy. on. And then as we're pulling into our street at work, I yawn and he goes, someone's a bit sleepy. Oh, <laughs> and I you, thought sir. the nerve of this man who is resting at red lights calling me sleepy. So there was the an audacity. actual pillow. There was a pillow. Annabelle, she's got a photo of this. I'll I show you our, our off mic. Well, we need to protect his privacy. I'm not putting the photo anywhere. Oh. No, Well, sorry. let me tell you guys, the photo is quite funny. He's got his little pillow. He looks like he's ready for like a nice little cat nap. It's inarguable, this oh, photo. It, the facts are facts, yeah. Annabelle. And the man is trying to sleep he, at red lights. I was so confused. Anyway, so that was basically <laughs> the story of my week. I have a recommendation for you. It's a piece in Vox that I read this week and it is called How Millennials Learned to Dread Motherhood. This was one of those pieces that I saw a lot of commentary about before I clicked Mm. in because I think it it did spark a lot of opinions. But it was really fascinating. This piece basically tries to investigate or tried to investigate why so many millennial women dread having kids and how much our conversations around parenting with kind of hyperfixation on the negative parts of parenting may have contributed to that. It is a really delicate conversation, right? Because for so long, women weren't allowed or given space to talk about the parts of motherhood that were really tough. So I think this isn't necessarily a piece about why women being open about motherhood being hard is the only damaging thing at all. But I think it's a piece about how young women are desperate for the full picture Mm. and are desperate to understand now that there are so many conversations about why motherhood is hard where the joy is. Yeah. Because I, I think when I consider parenting and motherhood and all of those kinds of things, I have to be honest, all I see is stuff that's hard and all I'm desperate for are reasons why I should do it because right now it doesn't really feel like a very convincing argument. That is so bang on. We have a friend, as in Zara and I have a friend, who has recently had a baby and I think we've both asked her on separate occasions like, what's the bit that you like about it? And she does love it and it's so nice to hear her say those things but you don't 
Well, at least I don't really see that online anywhere. So this is the thing. And I wonder if our girlfriend who just had a baby can talk to us about it because in the context of our group, she's the first one that's had a baby. Mm. So it's very easy for her to talk to us about what she loves so much about it. A big part of this piece was some mothers saying, yeah, I do really love it, but I don't know what to do with that information or where to take it because so many other people's experience of motherhood is not that. And I don't right. want to be insensitive. I don't want to like gloat that it's yeah, great for me. Yeah, 100%. And it's so interesting. My sister actually got married on the weekend. I should have mentioned that. That's <laughs> part of my week. It was like the most beautiful time. And one of her girlfriends I was talking to and she's like, you know, Mieta always asks me the kid thing, net positive, mm. net negative. Just tell me what to do. And she's like, well, obviously net positive, but like it's too hard to be black and white about this it's not easy mm. and I was like yeah but just give us a straight up answer like yeah. do I do it and I do cross I think <laughs> that there are a lot of young women who are craving that but I think they're only craving the black and white nature of conversations because they're looking for the joy mm. so I I did really enjoy this piece I do have to be honest I wanted to kind of bring in a counter argument to this piece as well because I don't think it's like a really simple story to tell. Moira Donegan, a journalist, tweeted about this article and said, I do not understand the constant insistence that it's women talking about their gendered problems, not the problems themselves, which is a social emergency that needs to be remedied. I thought that was really smart. Is it like, mm. is it women talking about how hard motherhood is that is the problem or is it the fact that motherhood is just really tough? Like on the women? systemic lack of support. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's worth bringing into this as well. But I just think if this is on your mind, and I think we know it is with so many of our listeners because that is the feedback we've got from some other recommendations in this area. Well, even our video about Molly May and Tommy last week, yeah. I know that segment was really popular with the listeners. That got like well over a million views on TikTok, exactly. us talking about our motherhood fears. So I know so many people are interested in this. So I think a lot of people will be interested in this piece. Yeah, banger. I absolutely love that. Shall we dive into the quick and dirty? Let's do it. The quick and dirty is... <laughs> oh, fear in her eyes. As always, the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Zara. Hmm. <laughs> Yes. In a banger shirt, McDonald's. Oh, I'm in sort of a Hawaiian-y shirt today. <laughs> you're looking, yeah, you're lo- you're giving vacation vibes, <laughs> which <laughs> is <laughs> funny because on the outside you're giving vacation and I know for a fact on the inside you're giving <laughs> Girl boss. Crawling, to, <laughs> crawling to the finish. I'm not giving vacation on the inside, guys. <laughs> what have you am, got for us? I am happy to be here. My first story, Madeline Brockway's groom faces 25 years in prison after viral wedding of the century. That is from The Independent. Talk about a plot twist. Yeah, and I love that last week we were like, Annabelle, set a calendar reminder in a year's time. Will we remember these people's names? Well, now I fucking will. Like, this has taken the most bizarre twist ever. Obviously, last week we told you guys about the viral Parisian TikTok wedding that reportedly cost in the ballpark of $60 million. It was between an American car dealership heiress, Madeline Brockway, and her fiancé, Jacob Legrone. It's now become clear that the groom, Jacob, is actually facing a possible life sentence after allegedly firing a gun at police earlier this year? Yeah, this story, I just have a million questions. So if you're wondering what happened, according to the Washington Post, on the 14th of March this year, so 
uh-oh, month maths. Three days before my birthday. Yeah, well, that wasn't quite the month maths <laughs> I was looking for. <laughs> Call it eight or so months ago. <laughs> Police officers responded to multiple disturbance calls, and when they arrived at the scene, Jacob Legrone allegedly fired at them. Now, he's now been charged with three counts of aggravated assault on a public servant. According to the Washington Post's report, he, and I quote, did intentionally and knowingly threaten imminent bodily injury to the officers, and I quote, did use or exhibit a deadly weapon during the commission of the assault, namely a firearm. Wow. He was eventually released on a $20,000 bond pending a trial. This in the state of Texas is classified as a first degree felony, which is punishable anywhere between five to 99 years in prison. In August, he was offered a plea deal of 25 years in prison. I think it's fair to say with that in mind, it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. So, Looking at the timeline of this, I just have so many questions. So last week, literally the same week he and his wife became famous across the world for their five-day extravaganza in Paris, he also attended a courthouse for a hearing about these charges. At the courthouse, he was flanked by this like really burly bodyguard. His wife was nowhere to be seen. It's bizarre to see like a juxtaposition of these two images, him at the wedding of the century, extravagance upon extravagance, and then him in a very poorly sterile lit courtroom. I don't understand why they made such a deal of this wedding. Knowing what the this hell? Is, you know, it's like the definition of like skeletons in the closet, right? Yeah. It's like they decided that with this wedding they wanted to be famous. I think that's a fair statement, yeah. right? You don't go this big this publicly without wanting to make a moment of it. To do this knowing full well that he had a hearing the next week and knowing full well that this was going to be an ongoing part of their lives and knowing that there was no way people weren't going to find this very quickly. They would have known all of this. They would have known that we would know this eventually Mm. and still decide to do it. Like, I feel quite dumbfounded. I feel really, really confused. Like, I can't really remember many stories doing this podcast that have taken such a turn off a cliff that I wouldn't have expected. And also... We will not purport to be experts in Texan law. I'm also just surprised that you can be out on bail for an alleged violent crime and be allowed to go to Paris. Maybe maybe yeah, that's, that's just fair. something that's that happens over there. I don't know. I'm just surprised. There are also theories being posited by people on TikTok. And again, I'll say we're not experts, but some people are saying that maybe the wedding was before the tri- like the weddings come before the trial. Because in Texas, they have something called spousal immunity. That is the protection of spouses where his wife cannot be forced to testify against Jacob because she's his wife. Yeah. I mean, if we do have any Texan law experts, please. (laughs) I actually think we will. I think, oh, I think we'll definitely get an email or a couple (laughs) of messages. Like, is that a thing? And could that be... Why? But even still, that still doesn't explain to me why the wedding needed to be public. Yeah. You can get married at a courthouse yeah. and still potentially be protected by this thing if that's a thing. I mean, Madeline has now turned her Instagram account on private. She's appeared to delete a TikTok account. <laughs> Guys, I'm so like, am I being punked? Yeah, like it feels, there's something almost Black Mirror-esque about not, this. There's no way they weren't to Were know that denial? this was going to happen. This screams like denial or something to me. That like, you're convincing yourself the the impending, per, like perhaps life sentence for your husband isn't happening. And to distract yourself, you're spending 60 mil on an ostentatious wedding. I can't. I can't get my head around it. Our second story. Beef alert. Tree pain <laughs> hits back at Dumois. That is from the cut. Well, tree pain 
Taylor Swift's long-time publicist, who largely does try to stay out of the limelight, I will say largely because we know her name for a reason, (laughs) has decided that this week was the week she'd make a very public stand against Demois. But the story she chose to take a stand on at face value was a very curious one, Mish. Yeah, let's take it back a step and quote The Cut, who opened their story this week like this. One thing about Tree Payne, Taylor Swift's infamous publicist, is that she does not suffer fools. She also very rarely posts statements to social media, preferring instead to repost reviews of Swift's albums and share YouTube links to lyric videos. That's why her logging on to take a swipe at Dumois is such a big deal. All right, so let's talk about the swipe in question. This all started at the end of last week when Demois was posting about Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn and a reported non-legal marriage ceremony, I have in inverted commas, that they had back in 2020 or 2021. For context, if you follow Demois, you know this is not the first time she speculated and reported on this non-legal marriage ceremony mm. between Taylor and Joe. Dumois wrote this on Instagram this week. She did have a ceremony in either 2020 or 2021 in the UK, and it was described to me as a marriage by more than one person. It was never made legal. I will die on this hill, put it on my tombstone. I have no reason to lie. I could give a shit what she does. Interesting. So Tree Payne took a screenshot of this and posted it on Twitter with this caption. Enough is enough with these fabricated lies about Taylor from Dumois. There was never, in capital letters, a marriage ceremony or ceremony of any kind. This is an insane thing to post. It's time for you to be held accountable for the pain and trauma you cause with posts like these. Yeah. So, like, not beating around the bush, right? To this, Dumois hit back. Well, I make zero dollars from lying. Can publicists say the same? Also, and this sentence is a bit wordy. To relate something that is in reference to something that happened years ago to pain and trauma after what just happened seemed like a poor choice of words. Either way, I apologise to Taylor. Now, that's kind of a really vague statement, Mm. but everyone's assuming that Dumois is inferring or referencing in that statement the death of a Brazilian fan at one of Taylor's concerts, which to me is not the strongest link in the world. Now, I think a lot of people were naturally like, what's actually going on here? Like, why would Tree Payne so passionately hit out? Why would she want to make herself the headline here about what is, in my opinion, a pretty big non-story? Like, it's not really relevant. And I don't really care if Joe Orwin and Taylor Swift were, quote unquote, married or not. Particularly the non-legal, non-legal marriage bit. Like, OK, they might have had a themed party where they're like, for funsies, we're pretending to get married. Who uh, cares? Exactly. But sleuths on TikTok think it's actually because the thing that Demois posted immediately before or after the ceremony post, I can't quite work out which one because it's since been deleted and it was deleted quite quickly, was an unfounded rumour about Taylor and pregnancy loss. Mm. And in that case, it does make so much more sense to me as to why Tree would hit out so aggressively, refer to pain and trauma, not speak directly to the story she doesn't want to give airtime, but is clearly just really over Demois. Yeah, so she wants to hit out about Demois' coverage of Taylor at large yes, without directly referencing the deleted pregnancy loss post. Yeah, and I would just love to know what the conversations are behind the scenes where it's like, okay, Tree is doing this. Yeah. It's kind of um, recently when Taylor released You're Losing Me, that track that was originally on vinyl as part of, you know, winning the Spotify Biggest <laughs> Artist of the Year, Jack Antonoff posted the date that they wrote the song without 
anyone asking. Like this song was written in 2021. And I was like, what's with Taylor Swift this week getting everybody else to share these messages? Like what what's going on behind the scenes where they feel like they need to kind of correct narratives? Because I don't even really understand the narratives they're trying to correct. Well, the, the Jack Antonoff thing... Is interesting because we obviously know you're losing me. I mean, we know. I'm we up. obviously we know. We obviously know. We obviously suspect <laughs> that you're losing me was written about a breakup with Joe, right? Correct. And if that was written in 2021, the natural inference there is that actually Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn were breaking up over the course of what? Two years. Maybe two years, 18 months to two years. It's just interesting. There's a bit going on in like Taylor Swift's universe right now, but she's actually not saying anything. Yeah. And I can imagine with that story, maybe she's like, tell them it was written in 2021. So it looks like I haven't moved on too fast if this relationship with Travis goes really quickly. But I truly don't believe anyone's that worried about it. So Mm. I'm quite intrigued about their real desire to hit back at these things, the marriage ceremony as well. Because I'm like, I don't think anyone was really worried about this. No. So why are you so passionate about changing the narrative? Dare I say it all hints towards an impending announcement. I agree. I think it is. I think that is the only thing that would make sense to me. Particularly the marriage stuff. Yeah. I think it's I think it's trying to say she has not been married. Like, of course, there's the pregnancy law stuff. But no, she hasn't been married. There hasn't been a ceremony because we're about to get that with a different guy. We're about to get the first one. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Coming up after the break, Billie Eilish has called out Variety for outing her and friend of the show, Dave Galifassi, is back, as is friend of the show, Slow Newsweek. (laughs) (laughs) Our third story, Emma Chamberlain says she hasn't checked her bank account in three years and we cannot believe there's not a single headline about this on the internet. So that one was from us. It's from us. We're desperate to talk about this, guys. A clip of Emma Chamberlain being interviewed on the Colin and Samir show, which is a podcast, is going viral on social media, particularly TikTok. And people have very, very big feelings about what she has said. The video we're about to play you the audio from has actually racked up six million views in the space of a couple of days. I'll play it for you now. I have an infrastructure in place in my life with a lot of checks and balances that allows me to never check my bank account. I have no idea how much money I have. I know what I can do and what I can't do, but I have no idea. And I have not looked in years. I could be being stolen from, no, nobody, no, it's not that because there's literally layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of checks and balances, people in my family so that I never have to look because I don't need anything beyond what I have now. Like I have a, a house, I have a car, I can travel freely, that's enough. (laughs) It's so many things going on in my (laughs) head. The main sentiment on socials can be summed up by a tweet from a user at Dior's Vision, which reads, do you think she knows how out of touch she sounds? Another of the top comments on TikTok, this one had over 20,000 likes, was, wow, girly, that's so relatable. And then, of course, you've got other people commenting stuff like, not me opening and closing my bank app a hundred times a day. That had 80,000 likes. Yeah, a lot going on here. I mean, it's obvious to me that people fall in maybe three distinct camps, people who are super interested in the way that rich people live and like are intrigued by that experience. There's the camp of people who find this kind of amusing and comical in context or in relation to their own lives or the camp of people who find it irritating and tone deaf. Mm. I want to know where you guys sit with this. 
I find it more fascinating than anything else. So for her to not check her bank account in three years is wild to me. And when she's talking about there's layers upon layers upon layers, there are so many checks and balances. My brain's kind of like, how and what? Well, this is the thing. I don't know if I strictly believe it either. Like, I think there's a bit of hyperbole going on here where she says, I haven't checked my bank account. I believe to some extent she hasn't opened an app on her phone and checked a bank account. Do I believe that she doesn't regularly sit down with an accountant and financial advisor who tell her basically what she's got going her on? Her yeah, yeah, there's no way that doesn't happen. I can't find myself getting really irritated or angry about this, though. I, I simply don't have it in me. I am deeply surprised she said it. Like, I am really surprised that after this long in the public eye and this long kind of copying it from people that she wouldn't have a little bit more self-awareness about what's going to land and what's not. Yeah. It also reminded me, though, of being 19 and going out over the weekend and getting to Sunday being like, I am simply not checking yes. that bank account. It's not just for rich people no, not checking bank accounts. just like us. <laughs> Anxiety is real too, being like, I'm not checking that until I really, really have to. What do you Annabelle. think, Annabelle? I'm not irritated either. It is giving like young, rich woman because she started quite young. So I imagine that's why she let go of a lot of that control because she didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. But yeah, I find it funny that she said it because she also said in another interview that I think came out last week about how everyone on the internet hates her right now. Yeah. So I find it interesting that she decided to give this information up given she also knows that people are kind of a bit irritated. The older I get, though, the more I kind of find that refreshing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I kind of find it refreshing that she doesn't give that many fucks, I guess. It is fascinating that in in the year, I think it was just announced, I think it might have been Macquarie Dictionary, just announced the word of the year is Cozy Lives yes. for Cost of Living. That we do have Emma Chamberlain, who was that relatable influencer, relatable presence for so long, freely admitting this? It's really interesting to me because it's like, if you were to straw poll any fan of Emma Chamberlain and ask them, do you think Emma Chamberlain is rich or do you think Emma Chamberlain is not rich? Mm. I'm going to confidently say 100% of people would say rich. Yeah. So it's like, what is it about someone accidentally reminding us that they are rich and we are not that is so annoying? I mean, I, I do understand the self-awareness point to some level, but generally... I don't think she's being rude about it. I think she's saying there's enough people that look after this for me in a business sense. She would have entity upon entity upon entity. It wouldn't be as simple as just having one bank account where her money sits. It would yeah. be a really complicated structure. I think that much we know. And I'm I'm sure she's probably referring more to that than anything else. She's probably just grown up in the public eye so much that she doesn't realise the rest of us do just have one bank account <laughs> rather than entity upon entity upon entity. I also saw people on Twitter saying, you know what, I prefer the super rich celebrities to be transparent about how super rich they are instead of cosplaying being poor. I agree with that. I really agree with that. I really value just blatant honesty. Like, don't try to be relatable to me if you're actually not living a relatable life at all. Like, yeah. genuinely be authentic about what your life looks like. Part of me wonders if this is a slight fuck you to the people who were criticizing her intelligence a couple of weeks ago. This episode only dropped very, very recently over the weekend. Is this her saying, fine, come for me for not going to college. I have so much money, I can't even fathom how much there is because there's so many layers upon layers upon layers of cash. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that as well. No, I am. I can't wait to poll people on this. Like, where do you sit? What because camp? I don't have a bone or muscle in me that can get mad about this, but I, <laughs> it's also December 6th that we're recording this right now, so I don't know what I would have space to get mad about It's hard all. to make me mad about anything yeah. right now. <laughs> Our fourth story, Billie Eilish slams reporter 
for outing her on a red carpet. Please, literally, who cares? That is from Pedestrian. Now, this story has had sort of a few twists and turns mm. and a few kind of different things to talk about. So we're going to take you on a bit of a do we say journey today. But the crux of it is, Mish, that Billie Eilish is pretty annoyed at Variety and called them out on an Instagram post this week. Yeah. So before we talk to you about the Instagram post, let's talk about the context that got us here. This all started, this speculation around Billie Eilish and her sexuality began about two years ago when Billie put out her music video for the song Lost cause that was 2021 that music video had a girly sleepover vibe I re-watched it as research for this segment and it's quite sexually charged the energy of the video is sexy girls I would say having fun together sometimes like almost kissing each other writhing around on a twister game mat together it's quite playful and sexy Basically, straight away, as soon as this video for Lost Cause came out a couple of years ago, Billy was called out for queer baiting. And that queer baiting controversy was covered by just about every media outlet under the sun. Like, for example, there are think pieces in Rolling Stone as to whether or not this was queer baiting. As a response to that, Billy posted a photo to her Instagram account from the music set and she captioned it, I love girls. Yeah. Now, fast forward to the middle of last month and Billy was profiled by Variety's writer, Katsi Stefan, for their power of women issue. Now, this piece focused on a lot of things, but about halfway in, Billy was quoted talking about her love of women. She said, I love them so much. I love them as people. I'm attracted to them as people. I'm attracted to them for real. She went on and said, I have deep connections with women in my life, the friends in my life, the family in my life. I am physically attracted to them, but I'm also so intimidated by them and their beauty and their presence. Mm. Now, on the weekend, Billy attended Variety's Hitmakers event, which celebrates some of the biggest songs of the year. And on the red carpet, she had this exchange with one of Variety's Variety's reporters. We're like, we no, like we her. love her. I know. How did that reception feel? Did your has your mind changed a little bit? I'm still scared of them, but I think they're pretty. <laughs> Billy, did you mean did you mean to come out in the story, girl? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I kind of thought, wasn't it obvious? Like it's kind of been. I just, I didn't realize people didn't know, so. We need to get to a point where you don't even have to come out, so. I, I, I just don't really believe in it. I'm just like, why can't we just exist? I've been doing this for a long time and I just didn't talk about it. Whoops. Same. I literally was like to my mom and dating women now. But I was like, I was like, I saw all the articles. I was like, oh, I guess I, I guess I came out today. I was like, oh, I guess, okay, cool. But I'm, t I'm it's exciting to me because. You know, I guess people didn't know, so it's cool that they know, but ooh, I'm nervous talking about it. Uh, I'm nervous. Okay. I'm gay, you're safe. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, but no, it's uh, I am for the girls. All right, so we had that, and then a couple of days later, literally on Tuesday, Billy posted this on Instagram. Thanks, Variety, for my award and for also outing me on a red carpet at 11 a.m. Instead of talking about anything else that matters, I like boys and girls. Leave me alone about it. Please, literally, who cares? Stream What Was I Made For? Obviously, that's the song she wrote for the Barbie movie. The response to this has been divided. Lots of people, particularly on Billy's Instagram post, are rallying behind her and are upset on her behalf as to how this has gone down. Others have voiced slight confusion. For example, Diet Prada covered this story and in their comments section, it's actually quite an interesting social media exercise. Yeah. So read the tone on Billy's own post and then read the tone on Diet Prada's post. Completely different opinions. Like the majority of people on Billy's post are saying, 
how dare they, as in how dare variety, the majority of comments on Diet Prada are saying, I am really confused. The top comment on Diet Prada with more than 3,000 likes reads, feels like the reporter really affirmed and supported Billy while also doing her job. I don't think it's fair to throw another person who has significantly less social status and job security under the bus like that. I really want to know, Zara, what your response to that snippet was, because I will be really honest. I was confused when I watched it yesterday. I thought that maybe Billy and the reporter did have a good vibe and that they were playing around and laughing. I felt like Billy saying, I think they're pretty, was the opening for the reporter to bring it up. Like because she had said that, the reporter felt like that was an in to talk about the variety piece. But then other people in the team and then also other people I showed this video to, well, first of all, it was mixed with everyone. But some of the people I showed it to did say, I feel like Billy's really uncomfortable and the reporter should have picked up on that. Yeah, it's interesting because I think if you hear how Billy is responding to it, I think you can tell that she's awkward because she she kind of trails off her sentences and then goes, I don't know, I kind of feel scared talking about this. My overriding feeling is how much this speaks to maybe a generational gap or even just a gap in society between people who really need others to have labels and people who don't really care. Like I read the variety piece that came out, I don't know, a few weeks ago and saw the quotes and thought, okay, fair enough. Well, we didn't talk about it on the show. Yeah. We were like, whatever. What it is like that, that it just doesn't feel like that crazy to me that a star is coming out saying I am physically attracted to men and women. Like it's a conversation we have quite a lot. And I have never personally needed Billie Eilish to kind of say one way or another what she is. I, I sort of felt like that was enough and that was it. And I imagine, I've got to say I'm straight, so I, I don't have as much kind of context here, but I imagine Billie Eilish's anger comes from the idea of her just wanting to say those quotes without having to constantly say labels. Mm -hmm. And I do think all of this is always very interesting to me with music stars who are accused of queer baiting, who then have to come out and say, well, actually, I'm not queer baiting because I really like women. Like, I mean, yeah. how many times have we had this conversation around Harry Styles? I know. And I think the commentary around Billy's music video in 2021, it was kind of a trip to read it. It was so symptomatic of people being in lockdown still and yeah. COVID still. I was reading it being like, wow, is it really this big of a deal? I don't think we would see articles like that. It's only two years later, but I feel like we've had a big cultural shift. I agree with that. Our fifth story, Felicity Huffman says she broke the law to give her child a chance at a future. That's from The Guardian. A little bit of an update for anyone who's listened to our college admissions scandal series. Felicity Huffman has spoken for the first time of her role in that 2019 fiasco. If you didn't listen to our episodes on it, all you need to know is that the Desperate Housewives actress paid 15 grand for an exam proctor to change her daughter's answers on the SATs to raise her scores. That fraudulent SAT score saw Felicity Huffman's daughter subsequently obtain 400 points better than her, like, OG version <laughs> of the test. Quite convincing, 400 <laughs> points. Now... Felicity Huffman pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit mail fraud as well as honest services mail fraud, like very creatively worded fraud charges, <laughs> i got to be honest. She went to prison for 11 days in 2019 and she has done her first interview about it with the Los Angeles news station KABC and said, I know hindsight is 2020, but I felt like I'd be a bad mother if I didn't do it. So I did it. 
She went on and said, I felt like I had to give my daughter a chance at a future. And so it was sort of like my daughter's future, which meant I had to break the law. <laughs> my mum, sorry. If my mum went on a radio station and said, Michelle's only chance of success was <laughs> me breaking the law. You'd be furious. I'd be shattered. I do think this would have such lingering impacts. I know we spoke about this on our scandal, but this would have such lingering impacts on your confidence, I think. Now, Felicity Huffman also said she had pretty severe anxiety as she drove her daughter to the exam. She said... She was going, can we get ice cream afterwards? I'm scared about the test. What can we do that's fun afterwards? And I kept thinking, just turn around, turn around. To my undying shame, I didn't. Wow. Yeah. Now, in fairness, Felicity Huffman was using the interview to promote a nonprofit dedicated to providing housing, job training and clothing to women who were previously incarcerated. So this was the organisation she completed her community service at. Look, Felicity Huffman, clearly no saint. That much is true, but... If you have listened to our scandal, you might understand the differences in how we feel about Felicity Huffman compared <laughs> to Laurie Lachlan. <laughs> they have gone about this slightly differently. <laughs> and if you haven't listened, I recommend you listen just for the listen to just it. for the fake rowing photo. Bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I think about the fake <laughs> I, rowing. I, I, I think about it all the time. I had forgotten about that, but that is so incredibly funny. All right, our sixth and final story: Tony Collette's ex. Dave Galafassi confirms romance <laughs> with Aussie actress Claudia Carvin as the pair lock lips during romantic surfing date after his split <laughs> with the glamorous chiropractor. That's from the Daily Mail. He's back. Do our listeners remember Dave Galafassi's <laughs> name? If they didn't, it was... Was it a year ago? <laughs> Almost to the day. We spoke about... Happy anniversary, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke about Daily Mail papping him in the waves at Manly with a chiropractor. The episode was called Dave, is that you? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so true because these photos, these pap photos, were how the world learned he was no longer with Tony Collette, actress Tony Collette, after 20 years. Mm. And we were like... <laughs> who's papping Dave Galafassi? <laughs> like, who's dipping them off in the, in the waves at Manly? <laughs> this time, the paps are papping Dave in the waves again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so confused. It's 12 months later and he's back in the waves and he's been this is the only so, places he takes women. Waves. So this time, fast forward a year and his chiropractor lover is gone. In her place is none other than Claudia Carvin. Another Aussie actress national treasure. And like an absolute Australian treasure. Instead of being at Manly Beach, which was where Dave was having a little surf last year, they're now at Bondi. <laughs> oh, he would never take two women to the same place. That's just disrespectful. I was also really like, I was intrigued. I was like, is Dave best friends with a pap? Like, is there one pap just on the Dave Galafassi beat <laughs> who's following him around the streets of Sydney? No. Well, it's not a very agency. lucrative beat if it's once a year. In the <laughs> well, maybe it is because Dave likes to get a little sexy in the water. Like, last year's They're photos, always kissing. They're always kissing. Last year with the chiropractor, lots and lots of kissing. This year with Claudia, lots of little smoochy smooches in the waves. The waves do it for Dave. <laughs> I know. I, I honestly, but you noted in looking at this that they were different pap agencies. Yeah. So you never know, but I've just, I don't understand. <laughs> I wouldn't even still, after all this time, I wouldn't be able to pick Dave Galafassi in a lineup. This is the saddest part about this story. He could walk past me in the street and I would never know. Can this be an exercise for an uh, end of year show? Annabelle, you need to get us like five similar looking men and 
we'll see if we can pick David. <laughs> but also put them all in the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wouldn't recognise him. That, maybe that's why I wouldn't recognise him on the street. I've only ever seen him frolicking about in work. <laughs> oh, dear. That's all we've got for the Quick and Dirty. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we're back. It is time for another slow news week. Annabelle, what button do I push? I was push? just thinking, I don't remember. Yellow? Is let's go, let's let's try go for a, a guess. lucky dip Because we changed the colours, remember? Hello, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa I, <laughs> I miss her. I miss Can't her. Can't believe that's still been loaded up. All right, let's try. Let's try green. It's been a slow news so, week. Yeah. Don't worry, they'll go back to not recognizing you soon enough. You. <laughs> Michelle, darling, you please the That actually lives rent free in my head as well. <laughs> I miss her. Anyway, it's time for a slow news week. I am taking it away. If my memory serves me correctly, I am on a total of three points having played twice. You're on a total of 1.5 points having played once. Correct. So this is your chance to... Not feeling good about this one. Haven't had my mind well across the news this week, but let's see. (laughs) All right. Okay. Ready? Yeah. My first question. Last week, musician Post Malone popped into a Nando's here in Melbourne. I saw this. How much did he spend? I will allow you plus or minus 10% given that is the rule of the show. Okay, I remember these headlines. It was over Mm -hmm. $1,000. What? I actually have a number that's just like in my brain, but I don't know if this is right because I only saw the headline. Is it (laughs) $1,342? It's not. Unfortunately. Oh, no. that would have been amazing, I though. Thought it would be such a flex. <laughs> I was so specific. I know. <laughs> You're also in our invoicing every single day, yeah, so all God I do knows is look where that numbers. number is. All right, it was actually fifteen hundred and twenty-seven dollars. So I think you just slip outside of the wait. What, 10%. what did you say? Fifteen hundred and twenty-seven. Yeah, I think I might actually just slip you outside. You might. Yeah, he Fuck. bought twenty-two units of garlic bread, thirty Peronese classic meals, twenty-five sets of peri peri wings. 11 lots of corn on the cob and 24 large peri-peri chips. It was to feed his entourage. So Fair enough. Fair enough. Our second story. (laughs) The Bachelors premiered in Australia this week. (laughs) Guys, did we know this? I did, but I can't picture The Bachelors either. Sorry to interrupt you. I heard an ad on the radio saying at last night's The Bachelors rose ceremony, it all went down. And I thought that the radio station... (laughs) had played the wrong ad because I was like, I haven't oh, even heard like of this how show. Embarrassing. Yeah, I was like, there's no way. It must have played it a week early. No, it's back. It's For back. some reason they're airing it in December and they're airing it to record all time low oh, ratings. Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. There are three bachelors. If you give me the first name of one of them, Oof. I'll give you a point. The first name of one? Yep. <laughs> James? Unfortunately no. Okay, but let me go again. <laughs> Any of them normal names that I could just... I think they're all normal names. One's a little a little unique, but they're all pretty pretty standard. There is, like, I can see one of them in my head. I can't. I, I just genuinely didn't know this was a thing. Oh! Oh, you almost went to make a sound. I know. I, I, like, I, ding, ding, I kind ding. of... What I did then, listeners, is I my lips moved in a certain way and Michelle gave me a slight nod. Ben. Yes. Oh! <laughs> I knew it! Well done! I... I feel like we know each other to the level that I saw you almost make a B sound. I'm like, she's going to say Ben. Yes! <laughs> You're incredible! I'm amazing, but so are you. Also, <laughs> and though, I was going to give you a potential bonus point if you didn't get one of the names. It is set in Melbourne. Is it? Year, which feels spectacularly Where? random. Not sure, but it's in Melbourne. What are the others called? Ben Waddell, Luke Bateman, and Wesley Cortez. Okay. Yes, our third story. Do I get one point or half? You get one. Okay, You thanks. get one. I'm feeling generous. My third question, third and last question. 
Which famous former Disney star got married in Mexico this week to someone seven years their junior? Oh, God. Oh, dear. So a former Disney star got married? Yep. <gasps> Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah! yeah! I did yeah! see that. Zara, wow. two points. Oh, my goodness. Vanessa Hudgens. The world learned about this after a photo of her on the beach in a white flowing dress did the rounds on Twitter. Sources close to her have confirmed to People magazine that, yes, she is now married to 27-year-old MLB star Cole Tucker. They got married in Mexico. Sarah Highland of modern family fame was a bridesmaid. I love it. Yeah. They kind of look like sisters. Yeah. They do kind of yeah. look like sisters and you are now winning. You're on 3.5. Oh, thank you. Well, we'll try to squeeze in another round each for the end of the year to officially found <laughs> Do we have enough winner. episodes? Probably not. <laughs> Let's just see. I may just be writing this one out. <laughs> I, I do have to say quickly before we go, I was on, I shouldn't do this, but sometimes when I'm in recordings, I just look on Twitter and Ooh. I came across a story that I feel like you guys might be interested in and I feel like if I chat about this next week, it'll be too late. Okay. Do you remember and again I think this was almost this is a shameless first I think I know do you remember I think it was exactly this time last year that we spoke about TJ Holmes and Amy Robach the the Good Morning America three hosts yes yes. Yes. and they had an affair and it was very public and then they got sacked and we used to laugh at TJ Holmes's former posts to Marley Fleabag because he would say I'm just like the worst husband in the world I don't deserve you every anniversary he would write that it's just been reported by Page Six that Marley Fleabag, TJ Holmes's ex-wife, and Amy Robach's ex-husband, no, Andrew Schoon, no. are dating. Shut up! Oh, it's giving no. Shania Twain. I know. It's giving Poe from MasterChef. Sorry, yes. that's quite a niche. No, that's, that's true. I remember she and her husband and her best friend's husband did a couple oh. swap as well. Yes. So Page Six has spoken to multiple sources who say that they've been dating for about six months after what? bonding over the traumatic experience of being cheated on. What a happy ending. Do we feel like relationships like that are built to last or do you think it's built to help heal from being cheated on and then eventually you go separate ways? I don't know. Mm. I would love them to all be happy though. Mm. That would be lovely. But anyway, I just read that. What a think, nice, that's like a nice little chicken nugget at the end of a McDonald's meal. Exactly. Like, just a little tasty Just a toast. bite for you all. To <laughs> that's how you do your Macca's meals. <laughs> end it with a nice off singular nugget. <laughs> I did get Macca's last night and I got myself six nuggets so Mitch and I could have three little nuggets at the end. Oh, see, that's really nice. Yeah, And, and so, I think that's what you just gave us. Uh, that is what I just gave you. That's all we've got for the episode. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, if you guys want to support the show, <laughs> you know what to do. Come follow us on TikTok. We're at Shameless Podcast on Instagram at Shameless Podcast. You can follow us on whatever app you're listening to this show on. It helps other people find us and we love you for it. Also tell a friend. If someone in your workplace says, does anyone know of a good podcast? You can pipe up and say yes. Shameless Podcast is the best. Where Zara McDonald gives us little treats at the end. Exactly right. Don't we've only we've got how many episodes left for the end of the year, guys? We've got two only, more. Only two or three, yeah. Oh no. Two more after this one. Wow, no. we've got a big one coming for you the last episode. That's all I'll say. A big special episode. No, another nugget from you, <laughs> Anything to add? No. 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 All right. See you on Monday, guys. Bye. Bye. Sorry. <laughs> the nugget had a typo. <laughs> it's another after dinner mint. <laughs> when you were saying, you kept saying the word flea bag. And then as soon as we start recording, I look at Sarah. I'm like, are you sure the woman's last name is flea bag? It's Marley. 
fire big. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not giving December 7 energy, I don't know what is. Let the record show, even though this is coming in after the show, it's morally fire big. <laughs> Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish Stylish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.